And now let us have a look into room one o one. Your identity is being checked with central records. When we know who you are, the real interrogation will begin. But I don't exist in your world. And you won't feel the bullets when we shoot you. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Takes okay. all sorts. Yep. Okay. Well, um, welcome to Staggering Stories 101, a tribute to Nicholas Courtney. In memory of Nicholas Courtney, the head of Pertwee and Mr. Dalek will etch Nicholas's face above the sky of Cromer. Love the hairline work, head of Pertwee. Now you, Mr. Dalek. Mr. Dalek, you fired the wrong way. You exterminated the Staggering Stories crew. How are we going to do the show now? I know. Sergeant Benson, podcast that host there. Five clowns. Rapid. To staggering stories 101. 101. Oh God, we've broken the barrier of 100. <laughs> Do uh, we well, really have to keep well, doing this? Some of us, some of us broke the barrier. Some of us couldn't make it across. Yes, yes, yeah. we're, we're a bit thin on the ground tonight. It seems that most of us that have been to the foreign climbs have made it. Yes. Yep. So welcome from me, Jean. Me, Keith. And me, Adam. I'm afraid but, um, yeah. with our compatriots, real life has temporarily caught up with them. One mm. may appear later. One may appear later if we're the lucky. Other will not. Depends, depends how the meeting goes. Crumbly isn't dead. No, 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 no he's still with us. <laughs> Rumours to the contrary. He hasn't been exterminated or anything. Nope. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> well, we, we got actually, we do have a stand and we have the little cardboard crumbly. Oh, we do have a cardboard crumbly. We do yes. have a cardboard crumbly which went to galley with us. Hiding somewhere. Yes. <laughs> Ready to jump out. Uh, okay, um, what are we doing? The, the news. news. The news! You can tell how organised we are without <laughs> crumbly steering the ship. Yeah. <laughs> so, the news broke, unfortunately, yep. whilst we were in America. Whilst we were in a McDonald's in, in America. Yeah, whilst yeah. we were in a McDonald's in America, we, uh, we raised our, our Pepsi-Colas. Yeah, Pepsi-Colas in to, memory to, to the great man. Yes, unfortunately the news broke that the legend that is Nicholas Courtney, gentleman, died on the 22nd of February 2011 after a long battle with cancer, aged 81. Mm-hmm. Nick was, of course, best known for playing Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge Stewart <laughs> in Doctor Who, but also made numerous appearances on other British sci fi. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Which yeah. we will go through later on in this podcast. Yeah, I've got yep. a list down there. Um, and as you can tell, we are going to pretty much dedicate this particular podcast to the uh, wonderful chap. We I should. think it's fitting. I think yeah. it is fitting. Yeah. We, we will be coming back to Galley. We will do our, our Gallifrey review, but uh, this time I think it's more apt that we concentrate on uh, Nick Courtney. Yep, yep. Podcast 102 would be a Gallifrey special. Yep, yep. Okay, more news. More death. T.P. McKenna, 
dead. <laughs> Thomas Patrick McKenna died on the 13th of February 2011, also at the age of 81. Mm. McKenna is probably best known to the Doctor Who fans as is the intergalactic explorer Captain Cook from mm. Sylvester McCoy's story, The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Mm. It was a number of years ago now, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. yeah. He was quite a well-known character, he, actor. He's, he's, oh, he's, yeah, he's more... Beyond that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one this is one small, insignificant yeah. part. It was more of a, a you, The name won't necessarily jump out at you, but no. if you saw his face, you'd face go, that, oh, yeah, I've yeah. seen him... Yeah, it's 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 the face that gets you. It's a bit yeah. like Ian McNeese. Okay, yes. we know him as Churchill, but a lot of people oh, go, yes. don't recognise. Oh, you mean? Yeah, and you recognise <laughs> the face. Yeah, yeah. So, and more Doctor Who news. Woo! There's going to be a free online multiplayer game. Ooh! Probably this year, they reckon. But that must it. More ways to waste our time than even <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's entitled Doctor Worlds in Time. It's being produced in partnership with games developer Three Rings and is aimed to be both highly engaging and fun, allowing players to socialise and foster genuine cooperation, building a global community where fans worldwide will now be able to experience firsthand the exciting action and adventure. Synonym. Synonym, syn, synonym, synonym, synonymous. Thank you. With Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Robert Nashak, EVP, whatever the heck that means, of Digital Entertainment to BBC Worldwide, said, Doctor Who Worlds in Time will be a free-to-play multiplayer online game that invites players to save the universe by using their wits to solve time-bending puzzles and pulse-pounding challenges. <laughs> Three... my throat. <laughs> yeah. Three Rings are also the creators of the award-winning casual free-to-play MMO Puzzle Pirates, which I've heard of and is meant to be quite good. Well, I've never actually so... played Puzzle Pirates. No, no, I no. haven't. I've never played an online interactive game, oh, so they're, 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 might... they're quite fun. I'm we'll just see. wondering... What is it going to be? The, is it going to be like a Guild Wars? You you buy the initial game, and since then it's free. I All think the it's going to be free, entirely free. I entirely think free. Basically subsidised by BBC. Mm. Again, the question begs: Is it going to be like the adventure game? I mm. free to license payers, but oh, the rest we, of the world has to pay. Yeah, probably true. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's how they get most of their money, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've avoided online role-playing games on the basis that I will become totally (laughs) addicted and have no life of the little life I have. But I may well actually give this one a go. They can be... be Black holes of time, you know. Oh, you can have it... sit there, and I'll just have a couple of hours. And yeah. Sit there at nine o'clock, and next thing you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. Having run around Chiselhurst caves, kissing oh, snow yes. wolves, yeah, I know yeah. how addictive role that playing can be. That was fun. I don't think it's going to be a standard MMO like we used to. We won't be running around in a three D environment. I don't think. Yeah. No. So, so it won't be like um, War. What's it? No, not World of Warcraft. No. Warcraft. I don't think it's no. going to be a bunch of puzzles where you join people in some kind of lobby to. Do puzzles together. Oh, it's a yeah. bit like um, a Professor Layton in yeah, a way. that sort of thing for multiplayer. May, may emulate the actual um, DS game then, because that maybe not having played it yet, but that's a Professor yeah, Layton-esque. Yeah. Doctor Who 
Comic Relief Special. Mm. According to the SFX website, Doctor Who is going to be playing an important role on Red Nose Day <laughs> on BBC One on the 18th of March 2001. It says here, but I, I suspect it's 2011. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know it's a time-travelling programme, <laughs> but... And showrunner Steve Moffat, the vast toffee, amen, told SFX... Two episodes, two mini-episodes, very, very small episodes, maybe eight minutes in total, so that's around four minutes each. (laughs) That's not a spoof, it's in the style of the ones we've done for children in need. So it's taken seriously as a proper bit of Doctor Who. Funny, but not a sketch. A little miniature story. One's called Space, and the other's called Time. So there's Space and Time, and there's a moment with two Amy Ponds in it. If you're a red-blooded male... Adam. (laughs) Surely that's enough. You've got Amy Pond flirting with herself. Down... Down now, President. Shouldn't shouldn't he be the one to have read this out? I wouldn't have got to the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) He's already flushed. You should see the colour he's going. He's blazing over already. The thought of two Amy Palms. Oh Oh, dear. Flirting with each other, no less. (laughs) Down, boy. Down. What a Blinovich do about that? (laughs) Zap. Well, apparently it's only going to be a very, very small, small part of the whole proceeding. Uh, apparently that's all they could take, you know, before the cams melted. Yeah. Oh, some of them have been quite funny yeah. in the past. Yeah. yeah, So one to watch. One to keep him strapped down and make sure we have clopeless amounts of ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling that El Presidente will be videoing them to watch over <laughs> and over. Oh, yeah. Apparently you can't wear out a DVD. We're about to prove that wrong. My sister-in-law did. My sister-in-law has worn out the DVD of School Reunion. Really? It's her favourite episode. (laughs) So we have some quick-fire news roundup. Tang! Do you mind? (laughs) Quick-fire, being Human Season 3 is attracting strong ratings. Mm. This is one we haven't actually touched in the podcast yet. but We will get to that probably I... in 103. <laughs> but no, <laughs> I, I do recommend, if you get the chance to see it out there, It's going be, again, it's been going from strength to strength. It's pretty good. Yeah. I'm not a, sure it's quite up there too, but it's there, pretty there, good. There, there, oh, there's a few questions about what is going on mm. and, and who I thought was going to be, is look like it's going to be somebody else now. Mm. I did the, catch werewolf, up the werewolf with the bullet. Yeah, mm. I did catch up some while, while yeah. I was off recovering from jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> also, Outcast ratings crash, prompting move to a late night slot. Mm. I know the buckers did, which is why I missed episode six, because I set the video recorder up for Monday and Tuesday, uh. and they changed it to the Sunday while we were still in Los Angeles, so I haven't <laughs> yeah. got episode yeah. six. I hate it when they do that, go around moving the times of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's bad. That's why you need a proper PVR, DVR, which it tracks when it moves yeah. around. Mine is in theory, if I can get it to work. <laughs> I've lost the will to live with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, new Spider-Man film named rather dully as The Amazing Spider-Man. It's amazing. Well, it's 
Hello. The first comic. It is. That's yeah. that's the title of yeah. the first ever Spider-Man comic. But so. it's not. The f- I could understand that if it was the first Spider-Man yeah. film to yeah. match in. I mean, yeah. this is. Oh, let's not think about <laughs> it. Yeah. No, I I got to agree. I got. I can see the reason for doing it, but it doesn't inspire me. I suppose it's better than Spider-Man Four. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Actually, of course, it's a reboot. But. Production company buys the rights to Blade Runner sequels and prequels and a TV series but not a remake. No word on their plans just yet. Mm. Mm. I I am getting bad vibes from this. I don't know if it's just me, but, you know, the the amount of original Blade Runner films there are out there, the director's (laughs) cut, the producer's cut, the, yeah. I have five or six versions. The final cut. There are certain films that just can't be remade. It's not worth remaking because they will never be as good as the first. Casablanca, yeah, yeah. Blade Runner, mm. Star Wars, yeah. parts three, four, and five. <laughs> <laughs> three and four. As, as parts one, two, three, and three four, are evidence four, of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't improve on the special no. effects because the special effects still stand up very, they, very well. Yeah. Not too bad. Particularly yeah, the freshened up bit with the final cut or whatever. It's yeah. Took out some of the strings and stuff. Yeah, but they, they, were, yeah, they were good enough. On the enough. whole, you, you wouldn't bring anything new to the no, table if no. you remade it. And, and it flops terribly. The box initially, office. yeah. So yeah. it's hard to believe it'd do that much better. It's yeah. got a cult following, but it wouldn't cut. And, and, and so what worries me is if they're doing prequels and sequels. Well, they have the option, but not. They're not actually going to remake it. They're so. not allowed to remake. Yeah, that you know, it's the, not part of the contract. Exactly, exactly. Well, this it's the bit about with the and a TV series. So I'm wondering if they're going to concentrate more on the the androids. I yeah. can't remember what the, the technical term mm. was in the series. But yeah. TV series could work. Back in was it late '90s, early noughties, there was the uh, Total Recall 2017. Mm. Yeah, which despite the name is more Blade Runner than yeah. Total Recall. Uh, yeah. I never. Actually, that was quite good. I never actually caught any of that. Okay. so I couldn't couldn't yeah. say. But yeah, so it, it might be that. They go round down the TV series route. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Ghostbuster Winston Zeddemore, aka actor Ernie Hudson, who you're going to call on the new Torchwood. Ooh, yeah. Did Any he... idea what part he's got? Or... It's a dusting episode, I think. Right. Ooh. Who knows? Man being killed. <laughs> <laughs> Arg splat. <laughs> yeah. Right, I I personally have two addendums. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes, yes. See, because fake Keith isn't here, that's it. he's addendum in a way. <laughs> yeah. One of them is actually quite an old addendum now, but it's <laughs> um, it's probably out there, but it's not on his list, so I can include it. Yeah, yeah. Is to, uh, they are going to be doing Star Wars 3D. Oh, I did hear about that, yeah. Yes. Oh, shoot me now. But the thing is, the thing is they're going to do them in full-numbered Order. Episode order. So, yeah. yeah. So the first 3D film is going to be Phantom Menace. So it can fail, be an outright dismal disaster yep. before they then actually go and spoil the decent <laughs> yeah. versions of the yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, so they've, they've got an option to think, oh, this may not be a good idea. Yeah. They're going to do them beforehand. They have them already, I'm sure. Yeah. But I can't see it doing that well. I no, I can't. Not. I really can't. I mean, the amount of, again, it's, it's along the lines with uh, Blade Runner, the amount of versions of the original three that are out there now. Yeah. And you've got some people who will buy every version, but personally, this is a personal point of view, 3D doesn't do that much for me. No. no I'm not no. a great fan of 3D. I just no. find it an excuse to uh, bump another £5 on the cinema ticket. Well, we're, we're, we're not 
dropping anything or rubbing anything in, but whilst we was in all Los Angeles, <laughs> we actually saw a couple of 3D um, shorts, shorts, shorts yeah. uh, in the Shrek 3D and the Terminator 2 3D. Yeah. Universal Studios. The Universal yeah. Studios, both of which were really, really good yeah. because they'd actually put the time and effort into it, but the things were filmed for 3D. Yeah. So mm. they were actually reaching out to when one of the Terminators blew up, the bubbles went in all directions. Yeah. Mm. Now, 3D works too, when it? the film is... Yeah, they spray, they're obsessed with water, water yeah, Universal. Yeah, sprayed everywhere. But um, that's another story. But the 3D works if the film is made with the 3D yeah. in mind and incorporates yeah. in, which is why I think Avatar 3D works better yeah. than Avatar 2D, okay. because the film Maybe, yeah. was made from the perspective of 3D, not yeah. 2D. To take a regular film, as they did with Alice, Alice in Wonderland, Wonderland Clash and Titans. simply mm. just upgrade it to 3D, wow. yeah. it doesn't It doesn't work because it's not even high definition, which no. like sh- sharpens up the lines. There's nothing in there to drive yeah. the 3D, and the 3D yeah. isn't driving the story. So I think it is just a gimmick Absolutely. in terms of those. I'm not sure it can be sustained over the length of the entire film. It's fine yeah. if it's a five, maybe 20 minute little thing at yeah. somewhere like Universe Studios. Yeah. Uh, like also the um, King Kong. Yes. Yeah. That was quite good. But that was five minutes maybe at most. Yeah. But to do it over an entire film, just the effect just seems to wear off afterwards. Yeah. Well, you I don't think, notice it. You I do think not notice it. The difference it. is those were really, really good because those probably cost as much as a movie did. Yeah. Certainly with the King Kong ride, you, you were sitting on a road. Oh, you had was, the gimbals and that. was vibrating and yeah. gimbling. Yeah. So you added that. Other than and the water it. again, and, and the water, the water again. again. I got covered in dino brawl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with a film, you cost that those ones make to do it well is not going to be there for, mm. for upgrading films. And then I think, well, when what's the point? Because if you're not going to do it to the best that it yeah. can be done, you are doing it just merely to make more hike, money out yeah, of it. Hike the mm. uh, ticket yeah. price up. Yeah, yeah, and try desperately to stop people pirating it. Yeah, which is already, I think, failing. I think, yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if there's way round, there's ways around it, and the will, pirates will find ways around it to copy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I take it people are already managing to find ways to pirate 3D DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> I assume so. It, how hard can it be? You just need to have polarised uh, yeah. films over two different cameras <laughs> yeah. strapped together. If you will make go. it, someone else will find a way to yeah. pirate it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my final addendum, and yep. this is more pointed towards Construct 1 on 2... During the 90s, they were great fans of the Power Rangers. They weren't the only one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, all the kids were. All the kids were. They great weren't fans. the only one. <laughs> no, really? Um, at the moment, in Japan, they have just broadcast, uh, I think it's Cut Rainbow Sentinels, which Power Rangers is based on. Yeah. They have just piloted and filmed or broadcast a show with every single variation of Power Rangers in there. You've got about. 50 or 60 guys dressed up in all the Power, Power Rangers, Rangers doing battle against the space invasion. <laughs> so that in Power <laughs> Rangers, they've now done the equivalent to the Five Doctors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My mum used to love the Power Rangers. I quite liked them as well. <laughs> <laughs> He's having a little chuckle to himself yeah, in the corner. So. Remember that little pink one? What was her name? <laughs> yes. Everyone liked the pink Power Ranger. <laughs> what was her name? Immediately he gravitates towards... <laughs> that was was even the joke in the Power Ranger film, wasn't it? Yeah. About the monster, the pink one. Oh, she's the cute one. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
she wasn't the gay one. No, no. It's like the Powerpuff Girls, you know. Bill even knows which one is the gay one. Is <laughs> <laughs> a gay Powerpuff Girl? Let me show you five. <laughs> oh, so, any more uh, addendums? Nope, nope, nope. I'm addendumed out. Well, in tribute to the sad passing of Nicholas Courtney, we've been watching his favourite Doctor Who episode, yes. apparently. Mm. Inferno. Inferno. We are all sitting here wearing false moustaches, a la Nicholas Courtney. Yeah. Stroke, stroke, stroke. And... Uh, Patches, eye oh, patches. Oh, uh, depth perception. <laughs> depth perception. Hello, <laughs> brigadier leader. Yeah, brigade, <laughs> leader. brigade leader. Brigade leader. Strictly Stuart. speaking, we shouldn't have both the tash and the uh, at the same time. No, the eye well, patch at the same time. Do I have to wear two eye patches? It's, it's going to work. Keep my him one off and. <laughs> <laughs> can't see anything. <laughs> well, originally, apparently, this was a four-parter. It was? Which that was, was the idea, yeah. Yes, which was entirely about, based on a true story. Well. <laughs> well, the story is that about the 1970s, the Russians were trying to drill through the Earth's um, mantle yeah. somewhere, and the Americans were doing the same at the bottom of the sea. And both suddenly stopped Ooh. and Douglas Canfield heard about this and made some investigations and when he got reported back he was told oh no it's all top secret and all the rest of it so his mind started <laughs> racing <laughs> and hence you got the whole thing about there being nasty glowy yeah. stuff turning yeah. people into the, basically the, Neanderthals the, mm. the, the ever present glowing, glowing green, green gunk mm -hmm. no, admittedly this time it wasn't glowing but so the, the, the principle of the story is based on True events, like all good lies and stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was to be a four-parter, but it had to fill a seven-parter yeah. slot, yeah. which was going to... One of the stories was being considered was um, the Baker's um, Doctor and the Shadow Men, oh, which yeah. it didn't okay. get into this slot. Yeah. Um, so they had to pad it out, and hence how it became the, the alternative yeah. universe. Mm. That wasn't originally part of it. It's had about four different titles before it got to the Inferno as well. Ah. Yeah, watching it, there is two distinct different stories in there. It's a, it's wow. A, it's a, Same story, yeah, but told it, different, sorry, differently. It's, it's, you could basically say that it's uh, a four-parter in the middle of a three-parter. Yeah, basically. pretty much. Yeah. The original title was The Mole Hole Project. Right. Mm. Which then became The Mole Hole, which then became The Inferno Project, which then became... Inferno. 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 This was the fourth story of the seventh season, and this was one of the make-or-break seasons for Who. Yeah. Apparently the ratings had been falling quite drastically at the end of um, Patch Outer. Yeah, 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 it had, yes. Yeah. If you think about it, this is the same time which, which we were getting colour stories like Star Trek, yeah. and the comparison in the stories the special effects and the colour between mm. love them but Pat Troughton's last series and Star Trek yeah. were a million miles apart mm. like, the compare, ratings were really. going and basically if the ratings didn't improve for seventh season that would have been the end of Doctor yeah. Who mm. I, I do remember reading there was a very tough decision whether to continue on after Pat yeah. Troughton because yeah. it, it did seem to, at that point it did seem to come to a natural end yes mm. the uh, Doctor Petra Williams in it mm -hmm. who is the love interest yes yeah <laughs> Is Doug Canfield's wife. Director, ah, yes. The director. Yes. Or one of the two directors. Yes. 
because Doug Campbell, <laughs> fell, yeah, he fell a little part way through. Right, yeah. And there's posters on the wall in the alternative yes. Earth, which is say unity is strength. It's all a bit George Orwellian. Yeah, 1984. Yeah. Apparently, the picture on it is of Jack Kine, who was the head of special effects at the BBC <laughs> at the time. So the equivalent of Matt Hairy Legs Irving. Yes, yeah. <laughs> As, uh, it's interesting to point. I think Paul Cornell in Time Worm Apocalypse. Right. The, the last one, the, mm. one, the last one he did. According to him, the Doctor recognised the face of the, the yeah. special effects guy as one of the alternatives that the Time Lord showed him that he could regenerate into. So, oh, really? in, <laughs> according to Apocalypse, uh, Paul Cornell, that alternative's Doctor was the ruler of the planet. <laughs> so the head of the BBC special effects could have been the Time Lord. Yes, <laughs> yes. I wonder if it's more money being the head of the special effects <laughs> of the actor. <laughs> <laughs> it does raise whole questions about are there time laws in this yeah. multiple different time timeline because time as, yeah. as he keeps on reiterating he doesn't exist no yeah. Nick apparently hated his uniform in this because it was the, the brigadier's uniform <laughs> the brigadier yeah because did, it's yeah. a jumpsuit yes yeah. it was the first season it was the first jump season jumpsuit. Yes. jumpsuit yeah, yeah, and apparently yeah. he was quite happy to um, ditch that ASAP <laughs> and they yeah. got him a proper dress uniform yes. for £80 not so long after yeah. well, I, I, I yeah. noticed Benton got out of the beige suit quite quickly because yes. he's seen in, in camouflage top at one point. Yeah. And he was sent... Well, it wasn't so much sent off. He was invited to go up to Edinburgh by the um, people in charge of the army up there to teach him how to salute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was surrounded by a lot of butch army boys, yeah. which I'm sure he hated. I'm sure he And learnt to salute properly. <laughs> This is also back, which was handy for Nick. He hadn't grown the moustache. No, no. So mm. the Brigadier's moustache is actually a, a BBC stunt yeah. moustache. You, you yeah. do shock me. So, um, it's, it's so realistic. I don't, yeah, I don't think he it? actually managed, uh, was allowed to grow a moustache until uh, the last couple. I think Maldron, I think. Well, yeah. he, he said that he did try to at one point, and it, it just came out just wrong. He didn't look military enough. <laughs> Drooped around the sides, yeah. and it just didn't... Fu Manchu. Yeah. Fu Manchu. Yeah, that sort of thing. Obviously, it got better as he grew older. There were some nice little bits to other stories in this. We have the um, funny gadget, the door key. The door, yeah, the door handle. Which <laughs> yes. is otherwise known as the sonic screwdriver. I'm not sure if it's his first appearance of the sonic I'm screwdriver. Not sure. it's certainly, if it is, it's certainly not the one that is recognised as Pearl's. No, no, but uh, that Troughton is... Troughton had one. Troughton had one, which was a pen light. Yeah, mm. but if you actually notice, if you look at it closely, it's the the metal one with the yeah. the hoop at the top with the... Yeah, it's certainly... It's hard it, to describe it. It's certainly screwdriver-like. It's a lot smaller, though. Yeah, it's not the actual prop that they use. I got the feeling there were two of them as well, because Liz, I think, Liz had one. one. Yeah. 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 And there was a guest appearance, and I can never remember which he is. Well, it wasn't so much a guest appearance, it was quite a character, by Jago or Lightfoot? Yes, yeah, Jago. Gordon Jago. Sir, uh, Sir Keith. Sir Keith Gold. He played Sir Keith Gold, yes. Yeah, yeah. uh, it's about... Christopher Benjamin. It's about ten years before, is it, or...? Ooh, I don't know. No, it's, 70, 70, no, it's got to be about eight years. Eight years before. 1970, so, yeah, well, what was it? 77? 77, 78, somewhere around there. So, as we've just gone through all the bits we've we noticed on that, for anyone that hasn't actually watched Inferno, just realising we haven't gone through the plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that there, does help, yes. There's a project that's being supported by the government to drill a hole to the Earth's core, or past the Earth's crust. Yeah, through the Earth's crust. Which will release a load of free energy and save the 
the universe. It's, it's an environmental friendly story kind of style. Mm. Um, the bit that you don't see is that there's been incidents, hence yeah. why Unit is involved and the, and the Doctor's been um, incorporated well, as think, a special advisor. Yeah, Sir Keith Gold has called on the Doctor as a, a special advisor. The guy in charge is an absolute lunatic. Yes, mm. Stolman. Obsessed to oh, be driven. Totally. And uh, he's probably as intelligent as the Doctor, so they got on like a house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is the obligatory 1970s... Green, ooge, yeah. you know, slime, I think. Gunk. They must have had a whole uh, tank full of uh, green slime. No, 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 to quote Terence Dix, green, green, has to be green. green. The colour of aliens is green. green. <laughs> Which, when touched, turns you into this Neanderthal yeah, yeah, creature. But I can't you, remember you, what they called them. Uh, primords. It was a slow decay, sort of, you, your skin went sort of a, a bluey green. Uh, you went very hairy. You got, got very hairy and developed an electronic voice. And a yes. hump. And a hump. Oh, yeah, I noticed, noticed yeah, the yeah. hump so yeah. when they were all gathered together and gave out a, a, hell, a hell of a lot of heat and mm. become susceptible to the cold. The, <laughs> there's a couple of um, couple of scenes where the Doctor has to fight with um, a primoid on top of storage drum yeah. areas outside. Yeah. And these were apparently quite high, between 20 yeah. and 40 they, they, feet. They are, what is it? It was all gas, contained, gas containers. You know, yeah, sort of big, thing, yeah. yeah. It probably Pertry, didn't sorry. help that John Pertwee suffered from vertigo. <laughs> oh! Yeah, yeah. He was, and um, was very, very uncomfortable being he insisted yeah. on doing his own stance was very uncomfortable and there was no such thing as safety harnesses no, back then no. <laughs> he survived yeah. <laughs> well his head did yeah oh, yeah. oh hello hello pertwee wearing an, an eye, eye patch, patch. Yes. we then have about two three episodes before the doctor who is siphoning some of the power off of this yep. project to try and get his tardis working because he's trapped on yep. earth manages to get himself flung sidewards into so, alternative yep. earth yeah it was that third episode i think that third, third yeah where he encounters liz shaw who is not a scientist no no what was her? She was, she's military, isn't she? Some what, kind of what, what, yeah. Section leader. Section leader, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sexual leader or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's the blonde hair's gone, and she's yeah. got a black bob. Yeah, so type her, her burnette, her red, Burn, yes. red hair is the, gone. It's a black the, bob. I noticed yeah. the skirt was shorter. It was shorter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We have brigade leader Lethbridge <laughs> Stewart, Stewart. Yeah. with the eye patch, complete with scar running scar. down yeah. through the Apparently eye. Apparently, it had patch. a duel with someone. Yes, an out and out person of unmarried parentage <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and Sergeant Benton who is basically as calmless as he is yeah. Yeah. He's, he's more he's more thuggish I yeah. would say yeah I but suppose. still yeah still uh, one stick short of a full intelligent rack yeah yeah you can tell that Nick and um, Liz Shaw I can't remember the actress's name Caroline Caroline John John, Car- yeah, John, yeah. John. thoroughly thoroughly oh, enjoyed doing God, the bad yeah. guy bit yeah yeah <laughs> They, oh, yeah. you know, I think they both said it's their favourite. Yeah, certainly uh, Nick Courtney grabs the Nazi esque shells <laughs> yeah. and runs yeah. with the part. Yeah. Well, totally. Yeah. Through the then next seven episodes, it flops from one dimension yeah. to the other the, where they're parallel. Yeah. Um, in the 1984 ish mm. reality they don't stop the drilling the world basically yeah, it, blows up it's about the only time they've destroyed the earth yeah, in Doctor yeah. Who I suppose so yeah they, they break through the crust and it creates uh, a massive volcano in in where they are sort of months yeah. yeah. and it destroys and the, then, the, the, yeah, the, it, the whole, planet, the whole planet eventually disintegrates <laughs> extreme but uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> and of course the Doctor makes it back 
So they're a bit further yeah. behind yeah. in our reality in inverted yeah. commas. So I think, he I think when, he, when he goes, when he leaves there, in our reality, there are 43 hours left to drill. Mm. In the alternate reality, there are only three hours left to yeah. drill. Yeah, there is some nice parallel. There, there's some nice differences, especially towards the end of it. The brigade leader realises that the doctor can get them out of there. Yeah. And mm. you you actually get him being the antithesis of the brigadier yeah. in that he's suddenly he's a bully and a thug. Yeah. But he is very much a coward as well. Oh yeah. And he cold bloodedly wants to shoot Sutton. Yeah. And yeah, he pull, puts the gun in his guts and pulls the trigger. Yeah. No just bullets in there. Run out of bullets. Yeah. Which is not something that the you'd brigadier seen, would have seen done. Our, our brig do. No. The mm. <laughs> There is, um, like I said, he is a, a, a bully, a thug, uh, underneath it, a coward. Mm. And certainly when things begin to go to pieces, the veneer of the brigade leader is quickly stripped away until mm. you see the primeval brute yeah. underneath. The character is almost the yeah. total reverse there's of the brigadier. There's a nice flip that I think they actually did. Is You have one scene where the brigade leader is chewing out uh, Benton for whatever Benton hasn't been able to do. Mm. It's vicious, it's brutal, it's nasty. And then you, you flip, you do the swirly thing and flip to our reality and see the brigadier chewing out Benton for whatever reason because Benton has failed to do it. And as Benton marches out with his tail between his legs, you see a slight wry smile on the brigadier's face, face yeah. realising mm. that it wasn't in totally within Benton's control and why it went wrong, but he should still yeah. reprimand him, but it's done gentler. You have yeah. a sto- uh, just a hint of a smile on the brigadier's face afterwards. Mm. Also, the brigadier's setting up office, yeah, and he's got personal pictures all over the place, but the uh, brigade leader has none of that. No, no, it's just, uh, just a picture. Of, he's got no personal life at yeah, all. Yeah, and it's just a picture of the, the leader. Yeah, mm. whoever yeah. whoever he is. Yeah, he's he's not for his men and for no, the, the, no. the unit nice of it. Well, I mean, no. that's 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 it again. This is harking back to the original unit years. There was a cozy feel to it. Mm. They they would save the uh, save the earth over a mug of tea and mm. and, yeah. and some sarnies. The character of Liz Shaw, it's the, it's the nurture and nature, isn't yeah. it, on this yeah. one because. He asked if she's a scientist, and she, the, the alternative Liz Shaw says no, but she had considered yeah. it at some point. Mm-hmm. And at the end, she's the one that behaves heroic and yeah. gets yeah. the doctorate and shoots at the brigadier and brigade yeah. leader. Yeah. And her character, it's almost like she's the same character, yeah. but because she's in this very fascist just, state, she's doing what she needs to stay alive. It's just one shade mm. of difference. But the interesting mm. character, I thought, was um, Mr Sutton, the yeah. oil rigger. Yes. Because his character Unchanged. is almost yeah. the same yeah. in both. Yeah. And you get the feeling that this but, is a person that's doing what he wanted to do in life, yeah. mm-hmm. and in both of them, he is the square peg in the round but, hole. Yeah, he's, a, yeah. he's a rebel and he's an it's, individual. It come, they look completely different, but the personality is the same because uh, the Greg Sutton in our reality dresses is Australian, dresses very, very casual, open shirts, jacket, mm-hmm. uh, cravat, <laughs> well, some form of tie thing. Yeah, then yeah. on the flip side, he's very buttoned down, suit, tie, shirt, very civil servant. But yeah. it's the same character. character. Yeah. So he looks completely different, but it's... And the mad professor... Stallman, yeah. He's, he's not that much different. He's not much different. No, but no. I think it's them, because both of them, Stallman and Sutton, in both realities, are doing what they... Enjoy. What they wanted to do, yeah, what, what they, they enjoy. And they're both in the same position, so to yeah. speak. And I think Stallman's got the backing of the government, yeah. so he he's a bit 
more officious than the current reality one, but not much. Yeah. The Stormman in our reality is three-piece suit. The Stormman in the alternative reality is a, a white, was it, Naru jacket yeah. and trousers. Yeah. But it's still, it, he again, he is still the same person. Driven, I set on the goal, will ignore everything else, in, even if it's talking sense. Mm. It's, if it's against what he wants... He ignores it. Yeah. Hence the, the computer. Which the computer, accidentally broke. Yeah, the, the computer <laughs> was, that was yeah. say, saying it was going wrong and mm-hmm. stressing caution malfunctions inexplicably. Well, mm. he kills yeah, Sir Keith Gold in one. Yeah, in the one And uh, he tries not to kill him, but certainly get him way off track yeah. so he'd never get back in time to stop the project yeah. in uh, the normal... In our reality. ...reality, yeah. our reality in inverted yeah. commas. Yeah. I mean, although it's seven episodes long, when when you fast-forward through the, <laughs> the opening and Closing credits and the recaps. Yeah. It's, it's actually quite a fast-paced well, story. There are bits mm, where it lags, but it's on some, the whole... Some things I've noticed, and I think this is the problem of the fact that it wasn't designed to be watched in one lump. Oh, no. It was designed to be watched weeks apart. Every now and again, they will reiterate certain bits of information that you already know. Yeah. But you didn't... You was told that in episode one, and you might get told that again in episode four or mm. episode five, yeah. because... Of the gap. gap. Yes, of course. If, if you look past those, it is one of those stories that does stand up quite well. Yeah, yeah. And you could see it, whilst it wouldn't necessarily fit in the style of stories they do now, it could still become a fast enough paced story for the style of stories yeah. they oh, do yeah. now. It, could do. it does stand out from those other unit-style stories, because there are a lot of stories like this. Yes. Mm. In Green Death is very much like this. Yeah. But this has the alternate reality, yeah, that... which gives it an edge over a lot of that, the yeah, that's what makes it quite samey. Yeah. And in terms of unit, really the only two regular unit people in this are Benton and the Brigadier. Yeah. Yeah. The, the rest haven't turned up. No, the eights haven't turned up and the rest of the unit unit guys are the stuntmen. Yeah. So they're, they're, the, they're, they're the basically interchangeable. The, most of them are privates. Yeah. yeah. They're all the Havoc chats. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're all quite Havoc. And, and they do go to town occasionally because you get the uh, the guy falling off the oil refinery. Mm. So that, that is quite a way up. That was a big jump yeah well if fall. if you watch disc two which has got the specials on it there's a making of mm. inferno and there was a program made at the same time for the bbc called i think it's all in a day's work which focused on <laughs> stuntmen and they featured yeah. that stunt for and a few others mm. um John Pert, we did all his own car driving because he used to race cars before the yeah. war. And the scene where he drives at the two unit troopers in the road, yes. one of them didn't jump out the way fast enough Ooh, three no. times and ended up with 12 stitches Jeez. in his leg. Yeah, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> and he said it's his fault. The boots were heavy and he didn't jump quick enough. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a man's job to jump yeah, out of the way in time. That, that, is, that is something I've noticed, and it's a little, little gripe, but it's a product of the time, is the camera work was very shaky in the car. Mm. When when they put the camera over the t- uh, shoulder of John Pertwee. Okay, think, yeah. The camera is all you know, bouncing around all over the place. Yeah, it gives that, a bit of energy. Yeah. <laughs> they, hadn't, they hadn't done yeah. the counterbalance and stabilizers yeah. and that. that sort of... Steady cam steady hadn't cam been invented. That, they, no. Yeah, they didn't... It's a product of the time. Yeah. You can't help that. But it's, it's generally... It's, it's actually not a bad story. And if you're looking at going back to watch some of Pertwee's stories. This is probably one of the ones that's actually worth watching even yeah. though it is seven episodes yeah. and you sit there thinking, oh, you know, do it in two yeah, lots. Yeah, do, do it it's a couple it's of the nights. birth of Venetian Aikido. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey! 
I think they call it karate, though, here. No. They change it later as karate is too uh, yeah. offensive. Yeah. Whereas Aikido is more defensive. Defensive. Yeah. Um, and it's... Say, so it's, it is apparently it's one of Nick's favourite yeah. episodes. Yeah, yeah his favourite, his second favourite being the demons, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful man. He's got brilliant taste. He really did. <laughs> Two of my favourites, especially the demons. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting to actually see the characters, yeah. the difference in the characters. Sort of a, a different slice of a character. Mm. Also, the end of a season, so... It, yeah. In a way, it's the last we see of Lee Shaw. Yes. At least until Five Doctors, I suppose, but briefly. Yeah. Also, last we see of those horrible old beige uniforms. Yeah. And yes, they get decent uniforms. Yeah. The last time we see the uh, the original TARDIS console, too. Yes. Yeah, the, the old part now. Completely rebuilt from scratch yeah. in the next season. Which means they obviously got good enough ratings to so, carry on the season. Yeah. And I, I didn't know yeah. that happened, you know. I really thought mm. it stopped there. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, no, on the whole, it does have its faults. It does. I mean, some of the characters seem very redundant. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Keith Gold, does he do? Even even Sutton doesn't add that much to the story. He's the love interest to <laughs> Petra Williams. I know. <laughs> even she doesn't add that, that much, much. Really. No, she, she runs around and... They could easily have rolled those characters into one. Yeah, mm. she, she, they both give exposition at some point in time. Yeah. That's the only reason why they're there. And you said you could easily roll those characters into one. Oh, yes, and Benton turns into a prime... Oh, prime yeah. Form, yeah Harry he's... Benton. Harry <laughs> Benton. <laughs> you can see him sort of at some scenes standing standing in the back going... <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't actually notice the difference in accent. Oh. Sorry, John. Oh, dear. <laughs> Didn't mean it. <laughs> so, Ham, he's cured. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come back to that later. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's OK. I mean, no. The science, of course, is rubbish. No, it's Doctor Who. Of course it's the science is rubbish. It's based on a true story. <laughs> no, it's based on a true supposition. It's based doc- on a true event Yeah, the Doctor says he recognises this uh, this effect. The sound. The screaming from the uh, tower. Krakatoa. Krakatoa, I think. Yeah. So if it happens naturally, why does doing it artificially destroy the world when a natural volcano <laughs> doesn't? <laughs> well, you see, it's uh, fault lines and managed yeah. to build up. And, uh, Pressure... Technical, deflibbly, flibbly, flobbly, and yeah. But you can't look too close at this. No, no. <laughs> it's, again, it's my favourite line. It's narratively correct. Yeah. Yeah. The clue is not in the science bit, but the fiction. Yeah. It obeys the laws of narrative. <laughs> yes, yes. It was all filmed down in my neck of woods as well, Kent, yeah. at oh, really? refinery yeah. down in Kent. Yeah. Not in Cardiff, in Wales. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> So the first time you go to a parallel dimension, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I th- they've only done it twice so far, to my knowledge. In, in who? who? In who? Yeah. And so we did it in in for the Cybermen, and and this is Inferno is the only other one that springs to mind. Yeah. Could be right. I couldn't swear to it, but yeah. 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 I can't think of any others. I do like the fact that they rely on various. They reverse the Star Trek staple. I the alternative universe doesn't have the goatee. Yeah. The Sultanman. And and with the uh, brigade leader. Yeah. They brigade all lose their facial hair. Yeah. They lose their facial hair oh, in the alternative yes. universe where in Star Trek you gain facial hair yeah. for alternative yeah, so universe. Yes, you're a baddie because you've... Does that mean that the Brigadier is a baddie because he's got a moustache? Well, well, he's not quite that bad. He's not quite that bad. He's only got a moustache. He hasn't got a goatee. Oh. <laughs> not on his face anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the respect straight out the window. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, we didn't mention uh, quickly. Um, I think we did brief mention it, but uh, the director obviously got rather ill. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. He had a, a very minor heart attack and had to be fitted with a pacemaker. Oh, I and uh, yeah. the um, producer uh, Barry Letts. Barry Letts, thank yeah. you. Uh, took over <laughs> doing the final four episodes of the seven. Mm. I can't I, no. notice the difference no, in director's style. I can't either. He swears, or swore, because he's obviously dead as well, <laughs> swore that he could tell the difference. Yeah. But, uh, that must have uh, been hard for his wife, because yeah. she's got to carry on acting. Yeah. She's, on, yeah, she's on, the, uh, on the floor, so to speak. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, apparently she was often in tears <laughs> on the set. Un- but. Understandable, yeah. understandable. I think that's <laughs> it. Leave it on that note, yeah. shall we? No, no. As I say, on, uh, watch it by all means, but watch it over a couple of nights. Don't watch sit there in one block like yeah. I did. <laughs> Don't do like what we had to do, so yeah. to speak. Excuse my, my bad English there. Well, I watched all seven episodes and watched them again on the same day with commentary. Oh. Yes, I, I did watch the first one with commentary. Yeah. Um, the commentary isn't too bad. John Levine's commentary, I think, was done in isolation. It was, yeah. And uh, Liz Shaw's Caroline... Carolyn John, John, John. Yeah. Um, commentary was done in isolation, but that makes sense because they really only commented on the bits they were in. Mm. Whereas you got Barry Let's uh, no neck, um, Terence Sticks <laughs> all commenting yeah. Yeah. through the rest of it, yeah. and it's it's not bad. It's quite it's not good. bad it's little quite, commentary. Yeah. It's not quite as funny as it some is, of the yeah. Peter Davis yeah. films. It's not, but, not funny, but yeah, I think yeah, I think the commentary is better when there's people there to bounce off. Yeah, yeah, I'm think... sure anybody could bounce off Terence Sticks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> But no, worth going out and buying. Oh yeah, um, yep. and watching. It's, it's pretty cheap as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah if you, if you want a, a slice of staple Pertwee who I think you can pick up for about six six quid now online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for anyone in the USA who's thinking of buying it, you can play Region Two's on DVD on on your computer. On your laptop. Your laptop has a facility to change from Region <laughs> One to Region Two. This is because of something that happened at. Galley one. (laughs) They had a load of DVDs that kept going up and people weren't buying them because they're region two. And I'm sitting there thinking, you can play it on your laptop. You can then hook your laptop up to your flat screen TV. (laughs) I should have known. I would have been there buying all these. I would have, except for I had most. Yeah. When I was there, I was trying to pick up things that I couldn't pick up in England. We've deviated. I do apologize. We've deviated. Deviate, hesitation, repetition. That was was just a minute at the Anyway, so (laughs) um, it it was nice of Nick though to hold on to just after the convention. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) if he it was literally yeah, it was literally within days of the convention. I think if he'd gone on the he would have got a sending off on the half. Oh God, yeah, yeah, in the nicest possible way. But uh, no, I think Inferno is a is a good tribute to his his acting in in the program. Shows you can act, doesn't (laughs) just do the one character. Right, dear listeners, um, we're going to do something I don't think we've done before or no. done previously. No, um, not this needed is... to, really. No, not really. quite this stature in no. Doctor Who oh. has gone. Um, we're not going to be reviewing anything or the like. This is a pure tribute to Nick Courtney. Mm, um, yes. Some of the... Probably facts you all already know. Um, Facts you may have heard of elsewhere. The little anecdotes that I'm sure you won't have. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. So, um, well, we'll start off with some of the basics. In that William Nicholas Stone Courtney... (laughs) That took me as a surprise. I didn't realise his 
name was William. His, his, his given name was William. William. Yeah, middle name, one of his middle names. Yeah. yeah. He was born on the 16th of December, 1929, at somewhere that we've all been, Cairo in Egypt. Yes, yes yeah. indeed. I'm digressing slightly, but it's interesting to note how many people who have thought actors or thought as British icons, British institutes, weren't actually born in this country. Spike Milligan, Cliff Richards. Joanna Lumley. Joanna Lumley. Mm. <laughs> um... Quite a lot of them, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that if you think of the generation that a lot of those are, they are quite often the children of army yeah. families yeah. or people yeah. that are diplomats, or diplomats and yeah. that kind yeah. of stuff, um, yeah. which I think his parents were di- diplomats, diplomats yeah. hence yeah. why he wasn't born in England. Yes, a British diplomat who yeah. educated in France, Kenya and Egypt... <laughs> he did join the British Army, but left after 18 months as a mere private. Yeah, which, mm. which I find highly ironic, <laughs> yeah. really, considering the role he's now best, most, known, he's as... best known as. In fact, it's a shame that Crumble isn't here, because I wanted to ask him what coverage there was on British TV. Yeah, yeah. of course, we weren't here, we yeah. didn't see any of it. Yeah. I don't know, I heard there was something on the six o'clock news. We'll to, yeah, uh... I think there must have been, because at work... There's not many of my colleagues watch Doctor yeah. Who. <sighs> <Yes>. <laughs> but they had heard that yeah. someone big in Doctor Who had died. Yeah. And he is a he was a massive figure in Doctor Who, I suppose. Oh, yes. It's a it is akin to losing a doctor. It yeah, really he is. is that bigger part. At of the moment doctor. he is or he was the longest serving actor. Well, mm. he appeared in one hundred and seven episodes of yeah. Doctor Who. Wow. Not including Big Finish and... Yeah. No. Fraser Hines that. appeared in slightly more, I believe. Oh, really? Um, oh. But only but because I'm, I think the length of his stories and yeah, he was an entire I'm, season. I'm, yeah. I'm not talking stories here, I'm talking years, because mm. his mm. first role was not as the, uh, the Brigadier, no. but as a security agent, Brent Vion. Brent Vion. That in was back in 65. Yes, the Dalek Hartsmore. Master yeah. yes. Plan. Yeah. Mm. And a, a little interesting bit of trivia, his first story was the Dalek Master Plan. Mm-hmm. His last story was Battlefield. Yes. Yep. The first story featured the the death of Sarah Kingdom, the Doctor mm. assistant, who was played oh, by Jean Marsh. Yep, yep. The last story featured Morgane, played by Jean Marsh. Marsh. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Nice little loop. Nice there. little loop round. Yeah. Mm. Now, of course, he did return in Sarah Jane Adventures, which yeah. uh, isn't strictly speaking. Isn't strictly who, the but... The parent show. Yeah, but, uh, but... He were I think the other nice... Um, although we'd have all liked him to have appeared alongside the new who, yeah. Yeah, I think oh, in yeah. a what nice way is. It's encapsulated. He appeared with every doctor, including William Herndall. Yeah. And apparently Paul McGann. Yes, he's done. He's done well, the big, big Finish audios. Yeah. If you include Big Finish, he's but done if, if even if you stop at Sylvester, it's it's nicely encapsulated yeah. into that classic era. Yeah. That yeah, he, he managed to work with all of them. Not necessarily as the brigadier, no. but all, with all of the doctors. If you include Dimensions in Time, he, he did meet yeah. all the first seven doctors. Yes. Didn't he mm. he shared a helicopter with number six. Yeah, yeah. Well, but it, also, it, it, with Sylvester, I think he, yeah, you got that that and Battlefield, 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 yeah. Battlefield So he's right. actually appeared in a, a story, and yeah. Yeah. he had Maldrin Undead. The, what one was he with Colin? He, uh, Colin he was, was, that was just dimensions the, uh, in time. Was All dimensions his time was time, share, yeah. share a helicopter. Yeah. But he also, also, thanks to Big Finish, 
acted with David Tennant. Mm. Tennant wasn't playing the Doctor at the no, time. No, he was a unit. He chap, was. Uh, yeah. He was. Um, Wood or something. Yeah, I think it was a Brigadier or Colonel. I can't remember, but oh, it was Brimington Wood. He's also our dear lovely chap. Appeared Kim. in several oh. stalwart British series. It's it's mm. quite uh, looking at it. It is quite phenomenal the body of work that he's actually put in. The Avengers, <laughs> the Champions, Randall and Hopkirk deceased, the Saint. Um, oh, it's it's like a who's who yeah. of of British. Mm. So we're outside, outside yep. the cult uh, side of things. He's also appeared in uh, All Creatures Great and Small, <laughs> yeah. Shelley, French Fields, Two Ronnies, Doomwatch. That's Doom oh, yes. Doom, I would yeah. like to know what, what this one is. I've never seen this. The title intrigues me. He played a time judge and yeah. stroke himself oh. in Lust in Space. I, I think <laughs> stroke <that> was... <laughs> himself, eh? <laughs> now, now. I think, I think that was from the BBV videos. You sure? Lust in space? Yeah. Lust. Lust. Not lost. Yes, what I said. Yeah. It was was one of the BBV videos, I think. Mm. So it's not actually been televised, but it was, uh, yeah. And such classics as Yes, Prime Minister. Yeah. The Bill. Minder. Casualty, of course. Oh, everyone's appeared in Casualty. (laughs) Apparently he's also appeared in Harry Hill as Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart. Yeah, yeah, I think that's on YouTube. I'm going to have to track that one down. But, uh... No, it's... Uh, yeah, he was a wonderful character. Yeah. He really was. Well, I think, I think yeah. at this yeah. point in time, we have to actually turn the um, uh, table over to Eugene because you know more about the man, Nicholas yeah, Courtney, I, due to the various conventions I had used to the to great pleasure of meeting Nick on several occasions at conventions back in the 1990s, <laughs> some of which I remained sober enough to remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, the green rooms, they were wonderful times. Two of the stories which I can rely <laughs> is um, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> more I can remember them than anything else. Okay. The rest of it's an alcoholic blur. <laughs> is that um, part of the hospitality of the green room was there were drinks available, mm-hmm. alcoholic and non-alcoholic, and it was about eleven thirty, twelve o'clock, yeah, midday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like yeah, Nick, would you like a drink? What off? What, what would you like? Yeah. Tea, coffee, went through. Says, oh, do you have any um, whiskey? We had a rather nice whiskey. I'm not sure. The sun is quite past the yard arm. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's on his hands and knees going, yeah, that's from the saying, it's past the yard <laughs> And he says, I'll have two fingers of whiskey. So I measured the whiskey as if you were holding two fingers, your index... How do you measure whiskey, drink? Yeah, your, your index finger next to the abridging finger to it. Yes. He meant more as in the satanic image that you shove up with your little finger and your index <laughs> finger. Yeah. Two fingers. So, so we're, we're talking almost half a pint. Not more a couple of inches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that, that, that was uh, an, an amusing little uh, interlude. And there was a convention, uh, and, and for this, Nicholas Courtney, the man, will forever be one of my true heroes. He really will. Um, I was part of the team organising a convention up at Cardiff called Carousel. Mm-hmm. And it was the final day, and for anyone that's organised a convention, you are on emotion and adrenaline yeah. by this point. Mm. We had lost one of our organisers. There was only four of us doing it, etc. Unbeknown to us, there was a little bit of infighting between the local group who we had used as the stewards 
and a faction that had gone off. Well, this <laughs> faction that had gone off decided to cause trouble, and they came up to the green room at the end of the almost at the end of the day, and were complaining that Elizabeth Sladen hadn't turned up, and we pointed out she'd had problems with her wisdom yeah. teeth and showed them the letter and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. And they were really laying in, and then they went on about how Nick wasn't happy with things. And this point, the then editor of the Doctor Who magazine, John oh. Freeman, John, John Freeman, Freeman. Yeah. and one of the cartoonists went off to find Nick. Yeah. And you've got the door to the green room with a sofa in front of it. So the people sitting on the sofa have their back to the door. Yeah. And me facing the door. And Nick came in, cigar in one hand, <laughs> pint in the other, yeah. as these guys were going, and Nicholas Courtney told us that he's not happy with his rule, and Nicholas told- Courtney's told us he's not happy with this, and Nicholas Courtney's and laying out this list, and he just leaned forward and over their shoulders and said, in the best brigadier voice <laughs> you can imagine, and Nicholas Courtney is perfectly capable of speaking for himself, <laughs> and I suggest you leave now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and you could see them sort of like a squish. <laughs> and I just sat there kind of like going, I love you. I love you. <laughs> um, and he, he advised them that it would probably be most appropriate if they would leave the convention at this point, um, that it wouldn't be appropriate that they received a refund because they were all the way through the event. And no, they couldn't stay. <laughs> so, so John Freeman and a couple of the other guests oh. escorted them from the building. But I was a wreck yeah. by this. Oh, point yeah, i was yeah. i was in tears the emotion had gone completely so nick took me down in the other lift so they're yeah. going down in one lift and i went and he started telling me dirty jokes <laughs> <laughs> in the lift on the way down so of course i walk out of one lift laughing with nick and they walk out the other lift being frog marched <laughs> oh, out the hotel nice. i wish i'd and, seen that and as i say to the, to this day he yeah. will forever be my hero yeah oh that's that's beautiful yeah i mean personally i only met him a couple of times and that was at the leisure hides where he used to sit in the bar and hold court oh yes and it was it was mm. an he, he didn't need to he could have stayed up in his room or oh, in yes. the groom room or out of the way but he sat there and and held court it showed the emotion and and sucked up the emotion oh yeah i've got some lovely pictures from carousel i'll have to try and see if i can dig some out yeah. for, for the state yeah. of the stories website yeah. um and you had this very large open reception area yeah. lounge area and he would just sit in one of the three-seater sofas with the chairs around him and you would have foolish young attendees <laughs> would say things like mr courtney May I get you a drink? <laughs> we ended up putting a little tab aside at the bar so that we didn't end up with a lot of broke attendees. Yeah. Um, but he, he was, he, you know, he reveled in it. He oh, really God, enjoyed yeah. you it. You could tell and, that. I mean, oh, yeah. That he didn't, he didn't need to. He could have stayed up closeted oh, in the green room. He could totally. have ignored the fans and only come down and done the signings mm. and done the speech. But he didn't. If the opportunity was there... He would have rather be down in the fans. Oh, yeah. To the point where he even uh, accepted the honorary position of president of yeah. the Doctor Who Appreciation yes. Society. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and they loved it to actually be able to sit down yeah. on the couch beside or with the Brigadier. Was- and he would, he would talk to them about the Brigadier and Doctor, but he would also talk to them about you know, other stuff yeah. he'd been in. And there wasn't any 
patronising no, coming no, from him. I no. think he appreciated that they they loved it. I mean, one of the ways I used to sell conventions to the guests because we didn't pay money was that for 48 hours you will be worshipped, adored and <laughs> yeah. praised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very good for the ego. But I, don't, I never got the feeling with Nick that... It can't have hurt his ego, no. but I never got the feeling he that did it for his no, ego. That wasn't the driving force. I mean, even, even down to last year, Invasion, mm. he was down as one of the guests who was down to speak. He who was too ill to speak. He was just mm. recovering from a stroke. He was at just recovering from yeah. a stroke at the time. Bad but health. he still yeah. sat in the uh, auditorium and On signed. signed. Yeah, yeah. sort of not signing. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's also his fault. I like red wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we were doing one of the conventions and um, I hadn't eaten, <laughs> I think, since about a day before. And he just got in from the train and all this. coming in. And I can't remember who was... There was another actor with him who I can't remember who he is at this moment in time. And he just we said, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a table in the restaurant. And said, Have you eaten? No. Right. Come on. You're joining yeah. us for dinner. And me and one of the other head stewards came off and joined them for dinner. He bought two bottles of red wine. Now, this is 1998-ish. 90s, sometime between 96 and 98. The cheapest of the two bottles of wine was 120 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had I did not drink red wine at that point. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, the convention can't afford this. <laughs> so no, no, out of my own pocket, etc. Um and he sort of like poured us a glass and said, Yeah, try that. I've never tried red wine like it. It was absolutely good. Cool. I could have drowned the bottle, but you know. yeah. And but he didn't have to do that. He no, could have bought no. it for him and the yeah. other person. He he paid for the two bottles of wine out of his own money. And I think me and the head steward probably drank more than <laughs> That's he. That's it. Yeah. But it was so funny because at one point one of the other stewards leaned over the parapet to the restaurant and was like, "Psst, psst, Jean, psst, psst, Jean," and he just sat there and went. Go away. <laughs> and it was like the, the, the full authority yeah. of the big thing. Yeah. And this guy's kind of looked to, okay. The full 15 years of military. And, and you just had this kind of like figure just sink back. <laughs> <laughs> Disappeared off. Yeah. But no, he was he was very warm yes. and generous with his time. Mm-hmm. Always. He was, was one of these people, one of these very few actors that... If you have a, given a choice between catching a train for a job or signing someone's autograph book, you miss the train. Yeah. And all the times I had the pleasure of meeting him but watched him with other people, the person he was talking to was the only person yeah. there. Mm-hmm. He wasn't... You never got the feeling he was looking over your shoulder to the more interesting person yeah. coming into the room, to the actor that was over there. I mean, I had seen him talking to attendees and all the rest of it, and you'll have one of the other actors coming in trying to get his attention, and he will finish the conversation with First. the attendees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas there are other actors that will just cut off the attendee yeah. to go and have the conversation yeah. with the fellow thesp. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he actually, uh, and this is just my impression, I think he impre- appreciated the benefits, the the things he got to do because of playing the Brigadier yeah. Lethbridge mm. Stewart, the things like doing the conventions and that kind of stuff, I don't think he found them mature. No, he gave no. the impression that he enjoyed mm. them. Well, like, like I said, he was still doing it right till the end. Mm. Yeah. It yeah. was due to come to Galley 1. Yeah. Was he really? Yeah. yeah. 
but due to bad health. I mean, it's like it's. I'm lucky. I've got some wonderful memories yeah. of him. Mm. Um, and yeah, I have to say, although we were in the um the McDonald's at the time, I could have quite happily got outside and had a good yeah. cry. Yeah. <laughs> but to, to misquote a line, he was a wonderful chap. <laughs> All of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like you to do me a favour. If you could stop what you're doing, turn us off, full of glass. Now, go and get something to drink. We'll be here. We'll wait. And raise a glass for mm. Nicholas mm-hmm. Courtney. Yeah. Are, are you back? I would like to raise a glass to Nicholas Courtney. Lovely people have been writing to us, emailing us, whatever it is where you send sound waves across the ether of the internet. There's probably a technical term for that MP3 in us. You yeah. can tell I'm a Luddite at heart, can't you? <laughs> and uh, we're going to read some of them, but our first one is um, a tribute. Yes. Yeah. From one of our listeners and oh. a dear friend of ours. Yes, uh, mm. I think he's actually appeared. Occasional uh, podcast standee. He's been two or three times. Yes, Ian McArdle, he, yeah. he, he's standed, stood in for somebody who's missing. Hello, Ian. Hello, Ian. Hello. It's a, as I said, it's a tribute to uh, Nick Courtney here, and I'll try not to cry. The passing of Nick Courtney really hit me. Twitter brought me the news on the way back into work, and I spent the day smiling to myself at the wonderful memories of the Brigadier. Has there ever been a supporting character so beloved in whose circles? Certainly none have survived through so many eras of the show and worked with so many doctors. I suppose like many of my age, I grew up with the pre-home video age. I found him in print in the glorious covers of Art of the Target books and grew to love him there. Long before actually seeing him on the screen, that poor lad at Cubs with the surname Lethbridge, how I confused him. He watched Doctor Who occasionally but had no idea who I was on about. The principal soldier, man of action, such a wonderful fall for Pertwee's doctor. Though he started with Troughton and kept popping up long after, pragmatically saving the earth and dealing with dramatic, dangerous and sometimes frankly absurd invasions of the United Kingdom on a weekly basis. In fact, I'd go as far to say that the third doctor, somewhat of the authority figure himself and far removed from Troughton's impish troublemaker, only really worked as he contrasted himself to the establishment as presented by the brigadier. He helped sell those unit years to a shocked audience who were doubtless wondering where all the aliens and spaceships had gone. The brig was something more than just a companion. Technically, he's the boss, but truthfully, he's the doctor's best friend on earth. When I finally saw him on the screen, despite a flimpsing glimpse in the flashback at the end of Logopolis, it was in the Five Faces rerun season in The Three Doctors. I loved his resolute belief that the Doctor was somehow turned himself back into his second incarnation, and the Omega's planet was in fact Chroma. <laughs> then came Maldwin Undead, with two brigadiers and a dating controversy to keep us going for years. <laughs> then Hot on the Hills, a full role in The Five Doctors, where he positively shined paired up with Troughton and really fared best of all the companions. I think he was cemented as a firm favourite in my mind by then. 
I first met Nicholas Courtney at the 1989 Carousel Convention in Cardiff. Long before it was a mecca for Doctor Who fans, it was my first proper Doctor Who convention, notwithstanding a Dwas event at Harwich, the hook of Holland Ferry. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I remember that. Holland, yeah, yeah. As a steward, I was lucky enough to have access to the hospitality suite and was able to sit chatting to some of the guests for a somewhat enthusiastic lad of 15. Meeting one of the icons of Doctor Who was mind-blowing, but I remember Nick being very friendly and happy to talk. He wouldn't tell me anything much about the upcoming battlefield as he didn't want to spoil it for me, though he did say there'd be a helicopter and implied he'll be going out with a bang. Over the years, Nick's love of the show always shined, seemingly never tiring of being on convention panels, reliving tales of filming and behind-the-scenes shenanigans. He always spoke with warmth about the production, his unit family, and you got a real sense of his love of the job. Plus, he was always available for a chat at the bar. <laughs> Ten years or so, I sat two rows in front of him at the recording of a Harry Hill show at Teddington Studios. He'd been a guest in the pre-records for a skit as the brigadier, and he had come along to watch the live bits. Being in my mid-twenties, with some non-fans, plus respecting the man's privacy as he was there with friends, I nodded and smiled and left him be. Not much of an anecdote, I know, but it was a funny little clip. And there's a YouTube link ah, good. To, yep, for yep. the actual clip. Claire Short announced as the new Doctor. <laughs> Put that in the, the show notes. Yep. I was so glad that they relented on killing the Brigadier off in Battlefield. I'm not sure if I truly believed that it was on the cards, in fact. It seemed so mean, and I'm sure there wouldn't have been a Yanto-like surge of fan outrage. Sadly, the series had long since faltered against Corrie and the Beeb's attempts to kill it off. His appearance in some extended media has been impressive, though. Videos, audio, short stories, novels and comic strips. Mm. Some more interesting than others. I, for one, don't buy the tale of rejuvenation and living on until 2050. Yeah. Nor do I go for the Uncle Mario or a series of exotically named time-travelling descendants. <laughs> Yet fandom doesn't seem to be able to get enough of the character. Which is why I was thrilled to hear the mention of him in the Units episodes, to see a picture on the wall of Sarah Jane's attic, yep. and then finally have him return for Sarah Jane Adventures. Sadly, due to fiddling health, we didn't witness a further return for the wedding of Sarah Jane. Might he have been there to give her away? Who better? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Or indeed reprise the character with Tom Baker in the excellent Hornet's Nest yes. sequence of audio plays. Our loss. They say old soldiers never die, they just fade away. The Brigadier himself echoed the statement in Battlefield. Yet I can't help but think the Hooniverse hasn't heard the last of Elizabeth Stewart. Be it bequeathed to the Doctor or Sarah Jane that sparks an adventure, or just another mention of him, still out there in Peru, fighting the good fight. So why don't we raise a glass to the Brigadier, a splendid fellow? Just think, there's one hell of a reunion going up. <laughs> Sorry, I laughed. <laughs> Just think, there's one hell of a reunion going up, a great convention in the afterlife. Pertwee, Delgado, Troughton and now Courtney too. It'll doubtless go on for more than five rounds. <laughs> mm. And the chap with the wings, who better watch out? <laughs> I forgot Ian was a steward at that convention. <laughs> <laughs> That was nice. Yeah, that's yeah, it's good. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. Thank you.
So um, for after that lovely letter from Ian, which has yep. had us all here a little bit watered <laughs> in the eye region. <laughs> um, yes, we are getting very soppy. We do yep. apologise. Put it down to our age. <laughs> um, there are some of you that will get this when a certain John Barrowman passes yeah, away, oh, who God, is the yes. new version of the Brigadier. Think, yeah. He's immortal, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Captain Jack is. Captain Jack, uh, Captain Jack is... Jack is but John Barrowman, Barrowman isn't. isn't. I don't know. I suspect by the time he's a bit old, he'd be so uh, formaldehyde himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we have also had some other feedback. Yes. yes. Um, so who's going to go first? Let's go first with Mr. M. He sent us a couple this time. So, Mr. M. Shall I do this one first? I think this is El the Presidente. first of the two. He says, hello, team. Hello, Mr. M. Hello, Mr. M. By no, you should have... I think it should be by now. <laughs> by now, you should have recorded Podcast 99. We are allowed yeah. to grammatically correct our writers. They're not all like me and can't spell proper like what I speak. <laughs> and we're not all like fake Keith, who's uh, what is it? Pedantic, pedantic, pedantic yeah. apostrophe Nazi. <laughs> Brigade leader, surely. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. She's a what is the, it? Uh, grammar brigade leader. Yes. Punctuation brigade leader. Yes. Uh, anyway, where was I? Uh, this is obviously a rather old email. Yes, uh, that doesn't matter. Anyway, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, please, could you say this piece of feedback for Podcast 101? Yeah, You got that right, my word. I have something very special for you in Podcast 100. She did. Yes, she did. did. The 100. Yeah. Anyway, uh, first of so all... long ago. It was so long ago. <laughs> first of all, Doc 2, Time of Angels, Flesh and Stone. Another Ooh. River Song story. Brilliant to see her return, as I love her in the library story. The Weepy Angels were good, but I thought the moment in Part 2 when we saw the move was not very good. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Best bits. Hello, sweetie. Yes. Yep. Karen Gillan. The reveal of the crack. Ooh, uh. The future jacketed doctor. Yep. Lucinogenic lipstick. Karen yep. Gillan. The Pandorica <laughs> will open. I love uh, the way he just says, uh, Karen Gillan. Yeah, he just <laughs> how can I put, slips it in there. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. No. That's another two fingers in Sarah James. <laughs> 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 He continues. <laughs> oh dear. Tomorrow is the finale of Primeval. I believe that Danny is Matt's brother. Am I right? No. Do Danny and Matt's brother. Which one? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I can't remember which character is which. Uh, no, he's not right. It's the the missing character. Yeah. Anyway, no, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> he's having arguments with himself now. Wait and see. I'll give my thoughts on all four series of Primeval in time for podcast 102. Oh, right. Yes. Busy all four series of Primeval. Yes, Danny was Matt brother in Primeval. <laughs> yes. Now I know what you're talking about. The no, penny no. has dropped. You can. You should. When you do this, you should have a massive crang. As yeah, the no, penny. Danny's brother was the uh, the nutter. Oh, the nutter. Not, yes. Not Matt, no. Yes. Yeah. No. That's right. He was the nutter. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Hero Series 4, Claire Bennett. Claire began the series at college, and after some pretty long and boring stuff with her and Gretchen, which culminated, I think it was meant to be, yes, yes, I thought it was time I spelled something wrong, you did indeed, <laughs> in the revelation that Claire's roommate has been killed by an invisible girl. Then after stealing a strange compass from HRG to find a man called Samuel, who says that Claire should come and live at a strange carnival, her and Gretchen follow the compass to the carnival. Claire decides to stay and look around, but leaves when she discovers that Samuel has stolen files from HRG. Then there are some brilliant scenes at Nathan's funeral. No, I don't remember what happens. 
No, nor do we. I didn't make it past season one. I enjoyed Save the Cheerleader, Save so the World, season, and season, season one. Season one was and spectacular. Then and bl- I kind of lost heroes after nose that. Nosedive after that. I watched some season two, then bits of three and four, but the yeah. critic quite grabbed me again after season one. Anyway, he continues. Then she and HRG get buried alive in a caravan by Samuel when they both discover that Samuel's going to kill everyone in Central Perk for some reason. I don't know. Park? Some kind of park? Central Park, possibly. It might be some kind of in-joke about... Friend, friend. crossover. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They escape with help of Nikki, no, sorry, Tracy, and then stop Samuel from killing everyone. Claire then asks her dad if it would be so bad if everyone knew about their abilities. Claire then jumps off the top of a castle in front of a load of reporters and feels her abilities to the public. Ooh. Claire's story was good, but not as good as the previous series. 7 out of 10. Bloody hell, I do waffle on. <laughs> I like waffles. I like chocolate. It's nearly Easter. I'm waffling again, aren't I? And no, it doesn't mean I'm throwing waffles everywhere. <laughs> okay. So after breaking out Mr. Dalek's second lair and running down the stairs only to find Karen Gillan is here to save me. Only she is then revealed to be a figment of my imagination as I've gone mad from listening to your podcast. <laughs> and Mr. Dalek has actually caught me and chained me upside down from the ceiling. <laughs> It's time to say farewell. Love to Gene and fake Keith, and of course, Karen Gillan. <laughs> Be nice to Gene. And if he's not too hyper, real Keith. <laughs> oh, if he you. is, then just shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I can't wait for podcast 1000. Oh, oh good, good God. I think that's unlikely. Extra <laughs> <laughs> special love to fake Keith, Amy Pond's skirt, a.k.a. Mr. M. P.S. If you're wondering what my real name is, then stop being so bloody nosy. <laughs> P.P.S. Did you see Waterloo Road? No. No. <laughs> if you like your chocolate Easter eggs and you like Doctor Who, there is several Doctor Who Easter eggs out this year, but several. there is one with a mug. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a Dalek mug, but unfortunately it's the... The oh, Dalek oh, yes. Of course it will be. But yeah, there's about three different Doctor Who. There's one that you can have um, a door hanger that you put over your door, which you put messages on, like keep out, secret, and the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, an I Dalek mug. and so then Karen there's... Gillan one? No Karen Gillan oh. one. There's no blow-up doll version of Karen Gillan <laughs> in a chocolate Easter egg or anything. And then there's the one that's just a chocolate Easter egg kind of style. Right. So they're not trying to make their money out no, of you at no, all. No, no, not at all, not at all. We have had a letter from Chris. Hello, Chris. Chris. Many happy greetings to the Celebratory Staggering Stories team. Well, three of us at least. Yeah. And beat bopping head of Pertwee. Yeah. Yep. He's still wearing his name hat. badge from Gallifrey with his... Ribbons. Ribbons. Oh, ribbons. ribbons. He got more ribbons than any he of us. And he's famous on CBS. He yes. Is. Yes, yes. He is a thing now, isn't he? Yes. A meme. A meme. Internet meme. Internet meme. Somebody said. Does he know? He he's probably doesn't. Meme. His head will get too big. Yeah. Chris also sends felicitations, greetings, etc. to the crooning cardboard Amy <laughs> and the dance divas that are the other decorative Amy's and ornaments. One of the Amy's is running towards the Ironside Dalek for some, some reason with her arms open. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's putting that plunger, I no, don't know. We're not going to go there. <laughs> don't go there. Anyway, now the longest intro in history is out of the way. It should be Podcast 100. No, Podcast no. 101. You've been a bit slow. but It's either you've been slow or we've been slow. Probably or no, we, we've been fast. We've been stuck in the time loop because when we took off, it was yesterday and we landed tomorrow and it's really confused yeah. us because we lost a day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, no silly rhyming things this time. Just me saying, well done, really well done, you deserve it. And good luck for Galley 1. 
and everyone except Adam, if he's going to do what he said he would do, absolve yourself of any responsibility for him now. We did. That way only one of you might get thrown in the clink. <laughs> People actually walked past him who he knew and who didn't, didn't recognise him. Didn't recognise him. Lucky escape. <laughs> Until we pointed him out. Adam, on your own head be it. <laughs> Photographs will be posted onto the Staggering Stories website as soon as I've downloaded them and emailed them over. Yeah, they should be. And if the if the yep. El Presidente stroke moderator doesn't do it, I will post them. <laughs> no, I will, I will. Everyone be nice to real Keith. Thank you. And fake Keith. Of course, I always am. Be nice to Gene. Uh, see, see? No, go. I think and fake Keith. Be nice oh. to Gene. See, I haven't had the so-and-so taken <laughs> out of me tonight <laughs> because fake Keith isn't here. No, no, no. <laughs> I've had an abuse for evening. <laughs> it does happen occasionally. Next thing we know, the four horse from the apocalypse will be riding up the road. Yes, this is true. <laughs> okay, we have one here from... Um, don't think we've heard from this guy before. Yeah, Mr. Mr. M again, isn't it? Uh, damn, I was going to introduce the quality, but yes, it's Mr. M again. Hello, Mr. M again. Hello, team! Hello, Hello Mr. M. M. Yes, again. yes, 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 it's me! <laughs> again! He's been playing with your baby pawns, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Today I want to talk about Primeval, Being Human, Mr. Dalek and Heroes. Uh Primeval Episode 6, a very good episode last night, although it took a while to get going. It was nice to see Jenny again, but was it really worth it for just one episode? Oh, this was funny, that one. Jen's wedding. Yes, yeah. Can't wait for next week's final. What's going on with the anomalies? I Mm. thought that the man that Matt had been talking to throughout the whole series could have been Danny Quinn, just a lot older. But now we know he's Matt's father. I'm not so sure. Mm. Being human. TV is amazing at the moment. Primeval, EastEnders, Hustler, Silent Witness episodes. And now another new show. I have heard of Being Human before and really wanted to watch it. However, I do not have BBC3, so I can't. However, I decided to watch it online, and after the first episode, I'll definitely be watching next week. Just the thought three. I hate Phil Mitchell. I wish he was dead. <laughs> well, unfortunately, the two EastEnders files aren't with us tonight, so we can't waste time talking on this. Yeah, Thank Phil who? God. Exactly. <laughs> the date. November the 19th. The year. 2009. The place. Chesterfield, my aunt's house. I went to the toilet and noticed a small model Dalek on the windowsill. It looked familiar. The date, November the 20th. I asked my aunt about the Dalek and she said that she had got it two of them just a few years ago and given me one for Christmas. I don't remember ever having such a thing and wondered what she was on about. I knew that I had seen the Dalek before, but somewhere else. The date, January the 30th. The year, 2011. The place, my bedroom, my computer, the Staggering Stories website. Ah. I had just finished reading Mr. Dalek. Kill, maim, destroy, cookie! (laughs) And looked at the picture of of Mr. Dalek at the bottom of the page, and it hit me. It was Mr. Dalek. My aunt has a Mr. Dalek. I was in the same room as Mr. Dalek. Why did it take me 14 months to realise this? (laughs) (laughs) He's cunning, that Dalek. Yep. Heroes, Series 4. Matt 
Parkman. Matt Parkman began the series with a wife, baby, and Sila. Mm, After pushing Nathan's memories into his body, he is now left with Sila's mind in his mind. After several episodes of trying to keep control, Sila steals Matt's body and heads off to Odyssey, Texas. Eventually, Matt to get Sila shot in hope that Sila's memories will die with him. Nathan, who is actually Sila's body, and <laughs> Peter visit the hospital. And the Nathan Sila touches the Matt Sila, and Nathan absorbs all the Sila-ness. Is that a word? Two <laughs> heroes. Yeah, he's for the sake of this. <laughs> Did that make any sense at all? Matt returns home and does some pottering around with HRG and then towards the end of the series, Sila returns fully formed to attack Matt. Matt locks Sila in a mental prison and builds a brick wall around him in his basement. Then Peter arrives and rescues Sila because only Sila can stop Samuel from destroying New York. (laughs) The Sila mind-body story was cleverly done, especially with Matt Parkman. But because Matt is not about 7, 18 episodes of the series, 7 out of 10. Mm. Just a thought for, congratulations to EastEnders for winning Best Soap in the Boo. NTAS. Yes. See Boo. my previous yes. statement. <laughs> <Boo>. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, bowing down to our Lord, Mr. Dalek, it's time to say farewell. Love to fake Keith, Jean, and, yes, you've guessed it, Karen Gillan. <laughs> Be nice to real Keith. As usual, check my spelling mistakes. I did. I didn't actually mention them. See, I don't point out other people's mistakes. I understand what they're going on about and gloss (laughs) over. I am not like other people in this this podcast. It's only because you and I can't spell (laughs) for That's it, yeah. (laughs) Extra special love to fake Keith. That is my wife. Do we need to talk? (laughs) Can't wait for podcast 100. Oops. (laughs) Oops. <laughs> Mr. Dalek's law servant, a.k.a. Mr. M. P.S. If you're wondering what my name is, P.P.S. Exterminate! Ah! That really hurt. What did I do to deserve that? Karen Gillan. <laughs> <laughs> OK, we have one here from Benjamin Elliott. Yay, Benjamin! Benji! We met him. We now know what Did. he looks like. Yes. We do. Very good hanging out with him, too. Oh, yes. it was. It was we, fun. We went to, to Denny's. Denny's, him, yeah. didn't we? Yes, we did. At one yeah, point? could be. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all a blur. I can't remember if it's when we got drowned or not. Uh, it rained Don't a lot. It rained, uh, yeah. When they maybe, say come to sunny California, they were lying. <laughs> they lied to us. <laughs> anyway, he says... Hello, Staggering Stories. Welcome back from Gallifrey. <laughs> it was nice to meet Adam, Keith, Karen, Jean, Hedda Pertwee, Mr. Dalek, yep. one of the Dunn Constructs, and regular feedback contributor, Naya. Yes. It's a shame Andy couldn't make it, but that was an excellent reason, Andy. A reason that I'm familiar with in my own past. <laughs> Keeping obscure, I don't know if the reason's public. I think it probably is. Probably is now. You spend a year dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for tax reasons. Jean yeah. even signed my Gallifrey program guide. Oh. It's amazing how much more things make sense. Good things, good things, after you meet people in person. <laughs> yeah. That was a close battle on the quiz. Oh, God, wasn't mm. it? I could not pick sides due to being Trevor's roommate, but having <laughs> stuff on your website. Keith and Karen have every right to be proud of that close match. Nice to know that I'd have beaten either one of the teams. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, I don't think you guys would have been run over by a car and hospitalised without my help on Saturday. Yep. Yeah, on the way to McDonald's this yep. was. Yeah. People are rather vain about their cars and would have stopped. (laughs) But the California government is in need of cash. 
I suspect they've raised a fine for jaywalking over there. Oh, yeah. Now I've just to find the money in time to visit stuff in the UK. Maybe I can actually write a darn book at last, get it published, oh. and come over on a business expense. That'll do. That'll do. Well, I need to avoid the dealer's room. <laughs> oh, yes. I try to be careful of Gallifrey and still got a sonic screwdriver. So did I. <laughs> a remote control talking Dalek. No. A TARDIS USB. Oh. A Barrowman book my lovely bride wanted. <laughs> Fade out. The list would take a while. <laughs> cuddly toy, cuddly toy. <laughs> still recovering two weeks later. Benjamin Elliott. Yeah, I think we're still recovering. Yeah, yeah how's his jet lag? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Benji. Thank you, Thank Benji. You. It's only a week back as of today, aren't we? Yes. Yes. And the quiz to which Benjamin is referring will be in podcast 102, right? yeah. which is going to be a special Gallifrey One podcast. Yes. Yeah, it won't be a standard podcast. No. A Gallifrey special. It'll be our Gallifrey special. And looks like we have one final one. A hat trick for Mr. M here. Just come in. Mr. Oh, M. Off the interwebs. Just made it. Hello, team. It's me, Mr. M, again. It's been a while since I wrote in. <laughs> it's not been a while since we read them, though. <laughs> no. But considering the great length of my previous email, I thought I'd let you have a break. Oh, and yes, there will be another 100 Reasons for Podcast 200. <laughs> so, Podcast 100. Insert podcast name here. Fight Club. The Shat versus the Clangers. Hedda Pertwee versus Sooty. Very good fun. Escape pod discs. I might do my own if I find the time. Oh, yes, yeah. Please do. I should manage to escape till now. No, no you haven't. Man. No, you haven't. We've, your card is marked, my dear. <laughs> Choose your own staggering story. It'd be good if you did another one of those. <laughs> 30-second recommendation. EastEnders. <laughs> Wonder what Glenda will say when she finds her cat. Hey? I have no idea. Hello, pussy. Who <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, <laughs> Speaking of 30-second recommendations, I have my own. Oh, right. And it's for Garth Nix's The Keys to the Kingdom. Mm. That rings a bell, but I don't know why. Start the clock. The series of seven books are about a boy called Arthur Penhaligon, who ends up becoming their heir at the will of the architect. Yes, to defeat the seven morrow days. Seven bad people who rule empires in the house. A strange house which is ridiculously bigger on the inside. Each book sees him facing a different day and taking their keys. He must also find and save the will. Also split into seven parts, with a whole series set over seven days, beginning with Monday. The time in the house runs faster than normal time. Very good series, but the ending is a bit of a disappointment, so don't get your hopes up. But it's still worth a read. Now on to Amy's Choice. Another great episode full of great lines from the Dream Lord. Yes. I think the story works better on the first viewing, but pregnant Amy was great. <laughs> it's a fetish there, isn't it? Although Amy is always great. Best bits. Karen Gillan. The Doctor threw the TARDIS manual into a supernova because he didn't agree with it. The Doctor's tawdry quirks. Karen Gillan. If you die in a dream, you die in reality. Yep. And the latest issue of DWM, the fact to fiction was about Paradise Towers. Oh, yes, yes. A few years ago, my mum told me of her memories of Doc 2, a dustbin-like robot yep. with a claw and grabbed people by the neck and threw them over their shoulders. Yep. And when I saw the article, I had to show it to her, and she loved it. <laughs> yeah, she must be about the same age as me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How old do you feel? Yeah. <laughs> How old do you think we feel? <laughs> yeah. It's not a vague memory. Vague memory no. is Tomb of the Cybermen. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> Being human. I've been watching this every week and loved it. Mm. Last night's episode was great. Herrick was scary. Mitchell was great. And I cannot wait for next week. Anyway, that's all for me now. I've rushed it slightly so as to get in for podcast 101. Hope it's in on time. Congratulations. Yeah. By the skin of its teeth. So, from the Los Angeles Marriott Hotel, a bit late for Gallifrey, I say farewell. <laughs> Be nice to Jean and fake Crumbly. 
Special love to fake Keith. Herrick, a.k.a. Mr. Nary Go Round, Mr. M. P.S. If you're wondering what the real reason for me writing in is, I have the real, real Keith hostage. Please deliver fake Keith to me in a sack by 7 o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> or I have him boiled in a vat of sulphur. Hmm? P.P.S. I'm only joking. It'd be a good old vat of acid. <laughs> P.P.P.B.B.S. I'm only joking. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> so, yes, if uh, if you would like to send us any ramblings, yep. <laughs> musings, yep. not on EastEnders, <laughs> no. you can write to us at... Show? At... Staggering Stories. Dot net. And so, dear listener, yes. until next time, where we would have more news and views, jokes of his new, we're the boys to entertain you. But we <laughs> won't, because the next issue of Staggering Stories is a special. Yep, it is. This, this, is, this is getting unnatural. Three <laughs> specials in a row. Yeah. Um, the next story, you won't have much of all of us at the next one, because unfortunately... Crumbly won't feature in the next... No, at all. No, at no. all. He's still at all, at all. dead. Yeah. He, he, he will still be absent because the next one is a Galley One special. Special, aye. Mainly filmed on location aye. in so, Los Angeles. Yes. If you do want to send any comments in, they will be for issue 103. Yep. Uh, but we're going to stick to the normal production We'll be time. back to two weeks after the Gallifrey After special. the Gallifrey one, yep. But so, next week will be the Gallifrey special. So okay. basically just email us yeah. in now. Yeah. Send it anyway. Send it you know. anyway. Yeah. Tell us anything you, any memories you have of Nicholas Court. Oh, yeah. God, yes, please, please. Your favourite Nick bits. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-ta. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories Podcast, Series 1, Number 101, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Gene Riddler, and Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker, and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No cooperation frequent is intended, and this podcast is an El Presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. Yes, well, since the Yeti do, I've been charge of an independent intelligence group that we call UNIT. That's United Nations Intelligence Task Force. We deal with the odd, the unexplained, and everyone else, or even beyond. I am Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. Surrender now, and we can avoid bloodshed. You still making a nonsense of it, Doctor, in your, what was it called, TARDIS? Well, I never thought I had fire and anger at a dratted caterpillar, but... Get off my world! This isn't a picnic. One moment you're talking about the entire universe blowing up, the next you're going on about tea. Make yourself at home.
We're only supposed to be a top-secret security establishment. Liberty Hall, Dr. Tyler. Liberty Hall. Just between you and me, Mordred, I'm getting a little tired of hearing about your mother. I just can't let you out of my sight, can I, Doctor? As long as he does the job, he can wear what face he likes. I'm fairly sure that's Chroma. I just do the best I can. Armour piercing, solid core with a Teflon coating. Go through it, dark. Unit's been very busy, Doctor. We've also got high explosive rounds for Yetis and very efficient arm piercing rounds for robots. And we've even got gold tip bullets for you know what. I'm getting too old for this sort of thing. He's all yours from now on. In my day, we took on Daleks, Cybermen, Autons, Zygons, and all manner of space thuggery. And it doesn't get more hostile than that. Unit looks after its own, alive or dead. You know, I can't tell you how much I was looking forward to this reunion. Chance of re-meeting old friends. Wonderful chap. Are you any good with the lawnmower, Anselin?